Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. Sorry about the uh, kind of delayed show release because uh, the game was a little bit of a funny time and then the schedule constraints. I got busy with other things, so other plans kind of got in the way a little bit. So here I am on Monday morning once again talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Well, there's good news. Three really nice things happened. The Packers lost, and even Mike McCarthy got fired. That's kind of crazy. The Detroit Lions lost. Uh, well, they weren't going to make it anyway. The Green, uh, the Chicago Bears lost to the New York Giants. Yeah, so everything's great. All we have to do is uh, beat the Patriots, and, and everything's going to be A-OK. Just got to go beat the Patriots. It's, like, that's the easiest thing of all time at least ever since uh, Tom Brady became the quarterback, but it's cool, we can do it. No, we didn't, and we didn't look good doing it either. 24-10, to 10, New England over Minnesota. Are you surprised? Well, it's like, not really. I'm not, not really, maybe some of you might be. It's more of the surprise of how frustrating it was and how just lame it was. Uh, the offense, The offensive play calling was offensive. It was terrible. Uh, John Filippo is not as advertised. Nice and creative last week against a lousy defense and a team that's completely falling apart and lost to the Arizona Cardinals at home. That's definitely a way to get your coach fired. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals at home. In cold weather with snow coming down, Arizona. Okay, okay it was more like flurries, but still, it was snow and windy. Uh, Arizona rookie quarterback, yeah, not much else going on. Well, their their defense showed up a little bit. The Bears lost to the New York Giants. The Bears lost to one of the worst teams in football. <laughs> and you can't, yeah, and, and, and it's just like, I, I don't know. But we, we can't even show up and do anything. It's just kind of what it is. I'm not too surprised, and I, I don't know. I don't think this team's chances of making the playoffs are good at all. Um, I remember last week when, oh, if Minnesota beats Green Bay, their playoff chances are 73%. But then it's like, okay, you have to go to New England, which we, we we never win there. Even when Drew Bledsoe was there, all that stuff. Drew Bledsoe with that miracle comeback. I mean, Dante Culpepper somehow beat the Patriots in 2000, but they were, like, weak then, and Drew Bledsoe wasn't the elite quarterback he was back in 94 against the Warren Moonled Vikings. But <clears throat> at the same time, I mean... It's just you're 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 hoping for something, and uh, of course nothing happens. Uh, the creativity last week gone. The <laughs> uh, the defense was solid for the most part until the Vikings tied the game up, and then the uh, then the <laughs> New England Patriots just kind of marched right down the field as if it was like, oh okay, I'm sorry, I guess it's a tie game now. We have to get serious for a couple seconds, and that's basically what happened. Felt like the Patriots were toying with us almost at some point. And I know all of you hate the Patriots so much, and I'm not a Patriots hater. I'm a Golden State Warriors hater. I'm a Seattle Seahawks hater. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a Rams hater yet, but maybe someday. They don't really give me a whole lot of reason to hate them. They're not that obnoxious, so that's the good part. I'm a Saints hater, and we can all know why. Um, I don't know. Sure, it's old news, but the same coach is still there and the same quarterback and all that. Um why am I even getting into that? Let's just look at some of the details in the game today. Some of the wild, crazy stuff. Uh, Kirk Cousins averaged about four and a half uh, yards of uh, attempt in the game. That's not a winning formula. It was actually 4.6. Tom Brady, 9.7. Made it look easy. I mean, Brady just makes it look easy. Let, let's be honest. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. 
uh, Kirk Cousins, the old chuck and duck, kind of chuck and ducked him when we were behind and hoping for the best. And, of course, a couple of uh, tipped interception. Uh, man, I mean, that one was a little bit devastating, a little bit frustrating, but was it all that surprising? No. Aldrick Robinson, I thought he could have had that. Just imagine if he actually caught that sucker, but no, I was tipped up and intercepted. <sighs> Cadre Ishmael style. Stefan Diggs was, well, he was perfect. He caught everything coming his way, but he wasn't open most of the time. Uh, throughout this game, we made the New England Patriots defense look like the 85 Bears. We we really did. Or let's say the early 2000s Patriots, when their defense was incredible. This defense has been bend but don't break for a while. Uh, it's better this year than it was last year under a certain Detroit Lions head coach. I think we've talked about old old Patty over there, Matt Patricia, Pat the Patriot. Um, I think we've talked about him enough. Well, we'll talk about him again when he plays the Lions another time coming up not too far from now. Uh, Seattle come uh, heading to Seattle next week. That's not going to be a fun game, not going to be an easy game. Of course, we'll talk about that in segment number two along with all the other scores and Fascinating uh, events that took place. Again, Mike McCarthy gone. Joe Philbin, Joe Philbin, the former Miami Dolphins coach and Green Bay Packers assistant before, is obviously back with Mike McCarthy again, or, well, when Mike McCarthy was the coach. Philbin will be the uh, interim coach for now, and we'll see what happens. John D. Filippo, John D. Filippo, he's a hot commodity. Well, he shouldn't be. Um, he's not that good. John D. Filippo is not that good. Uh, intriguing ideas brought up as to why. On some of the callers, uh, there there was a female caller, older lady from Wyoming. That was an awesome call, actually. Talking kind of, she really summed everything up because she's seen everything. This woman saw everything from 61 to uh, 2018. She saw all four Super Bowls. She saw all, all the different coaching staffs all the way up to today. Pretty fascinating stuff. And interesting perspective there when you see somebody that, uh, when you hear from someone that's been there for all of it. Uh, she said, basically, that Mike Zimmer brought in Filippo probably because of, well, John Filippo's <laughs> offense in Philadelphia, not that it was his, but he was the quarterback's coach in that offense, carved up Mike Zimmer's defense. That Mike Zimmer's more of a traditional defender, and he needs actually the, he needs to hire people that are more creative on defense and more creative on offense, this and that. And he thought it was an interesting hire because that offense carved up Minnesota's defense, which is pretty hard to do, you would think, until, well, certain creative young coaches have come in the league, like McVay, and even Sean Payton's offense is crazy. Uh, Bill Belichick and all that, there's all kinds of creativity there. Josh McDaniels, he's a, he was a jackass of a head coach, but he's one hell of an offensive coordinator with the creativities and such. Uh, ben, but don't break with the rules, also with the Patriots. <laughs> they broke some rules here and there, but <laughs> in the past, but I'm still a fan, but again, do you think I was cheering for him today? Of of course not, or should I say yesterday? Of course not. Uh, but the creativity, creativity with the coaches, and that's what the Vikings have lacked since 1961. Since 1961, you had a great defensive coach in Bud Grant, but you didn't have a whole lot of creativity on the other side of the ball. And it's at the same time, the head coach needs to just be the head coach rather than the defensive coordinator, which is what Mike Zimmer is doing. He needs a creative defensive coordinator that can match up with a creative offensive coordinator on the other side of the ball, along with, again, a creative offensive coordinator that could really be spectacular. Um, we thought that's what John Filippo was, and it doesn't look like it. Uh, Norv Turner, that's like, I mean, that's like, yeah, that's like the, the dinosaur age, of course, and we saw the result there. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I mean, it worked in the, in the 90s with the Dallas Cowboys and all that. Fantastic, but I don't know. It doesn't work today, unfortunately. I love nine, I love the 1990s in the NFL and all that, but it didn't work today. And a uh, very awesome perspective from the uh, 
She was an older lady from the Wyoming area. Pretty cool call in. I love uh, listening to Ventline, AM 1500, to get perspective from fans. And some of them are pretty damn cool. And that was a really good one. And she was saying, basically, that's why this team lost four Super Bowls. And that's why this team has, well, frustrated us forever. We've had good players. We've had good coaches. But there's always something missing. And it's always a pendulum. Like Dennis Green, it's all offense, no defense. Like Mike Zimmer. I mean, you, you need an offensive line like you need to breathe. And unfortunately, when you have a defensive approach, you just continue to take cornerbacks and this back and that back and you ignore the offensive line. And it's stuff like that that has hurt this team. In the Dennis Green era, it was all offensive players and you continue to ignore the defensive line and all that. Uh, you take an athletic linebacker like Dwayne Rudd, who, who was good for one year. or Okay, two, 97, 98. By 99, he was pretty much garbage. <laughs> he pretty much got exposed and beat. Um... And you get Mike Zimmer again, who it's just, it seems like every draft is focused defensively. And then you gamble with wide receivers in the first round, and we see what's happening there. <sighs> when you have a high draft pick, don't take a wide receiver. Unless it is like Julio Jones. I mean, like, you know without a doubt. Like, without a doubt, this guy is going to be a dominant player. Unless it's Julio Jones, and that is a need like, you like, no tomorrow. When you, need, when you need offensive line and defensive line, this and that, you got to focus in the trenches. As boring as it is in the draft, as boring as it is heading into training camp, oh, how exciting is it to watch this left tackle go over and over again? Well, it's exciting when your quarterback isn't on his back, because how do you beat any quarterback? How did the New York Giants beat Tom Brady? Twice. How did Philadelphia get to Tom Brady and finish him off, despite allowing the most amount of yards of all time on both sides of the ball, New England and Philadelphia both allowed the most amount of yards of all time in that game? But how did they ultimately finish the job? They got to Tom Brady, right? Well, we have a quarterback on our sidelines, and our our line of scrimmage, all that, under center. You pressure him even a little bit, and, well, he goes from a top-five talent to a bottom-five. Okay, maybe not that bad, but a below-average quarterback at best. He goes to, like, the next Wade Wilson, the next Trent Dilfer. He makes Trent Dilfer-like plays when he's under pressure. <laughs> he'll, he'll just gamble. Chuck and duck, and what happens when you chuck and duck? You end up screaming a word that rhymes with chuck and duck, and I can't use that right now, but you end up using that word with the result of it. And that's basically what happened, once again. And I don't know. I mean, the offensive line sucks, and we all know that. Certain guys on that, on that offensive line do a better job than, they, than, than, than what it appears because other players aren't, just aren't up to the challenge. They're not up to it. And the offensive scheme isn't the correct scheme against this defense, that defense, against this formation, that formation. We're just getting outcoached every single week, it seems like. And, well, getting outcoached by Bill Belichick is kind of a commonplace thing. But, I don't know. It's getting old. It's getting really old. Uh, Mike Zimmer and the, and the Vikings, John DeFilippo, outcoached Mike McCarthy. But Mike McCarthy's gas had run out over there, boy. I mean, there was nothing left in the fuel tank with the Green Bay Packers and Mike McCarthy as their head coach. But, uh, again... They continue to twist and turn and spin and go all over the place because that's what kind of situation it is. Uh, you just sit here throwing your arms up in the air and just realizing this is our fate. This is our fate. I mean, we're back to... It's not as disastrous as 2016. It's not because, well, that year was just a complete flop. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would hope we're not going to lose to a terrible Colts team by like 30 points <clears throat> at home, but we'll see what happens there. <laughs> yeah, that would be really something. I would hope that's not going to happen. But uh, 
who knows um but it's it's just disappointing in fact you could argue it's much more disappointing because again 84 million dollar quarterback and again clearly his weaknesses are getting like any other quarterback but with him it's even more so because are getting any type of rush any type of hurry any type of pressure and he's going to fold. He's going to fold. He's going to make a mistake. He's going to fall on his ass. He's going to get radical and start trying to be Magic Johnson on cleats with the football. I'm going to try to make a spectacular no-look pass to nobody. And it's a fumble. And there they go. And bada-bing, bada-boom. That's it. So that's basically my rant and the situation with the Minnesota Vikings right now. <sighs> Delvin Cook, things were going good. In fact, things are going extremely good, and we only gave him the ball nine times in terms of rushing. Oh, we passed the ball to him quite a few times, but it was not in good situations. <clears throat> Otavius Murray, not very effective as the old cl- uh, two yards in a cloud of dust. Delvin Cook's average per carry, 9.3. That was helped by a 32-yard like scamper pretty early, which was pretty fun. But still, 84 yards and nine rushes. It was working. It was working, and you know what? And we just went away from it, and... And it was just the same old crap it is every week. Three and out, and three and out, and incomplete passes, and I don't know, Adam Thielen. <laughs> there was a little bit of interesting quote-unquote karma going on. I could also say how frustrated I was when Cordell Patterson pulled in a nice long 20, a 29-yard reception off his frickin' shoelaces. I couldn't believe it. You, you've got to be, you've got to be shitting me, pardon my French. That guy wouldn't do that if a gun was to his, I mean, that guy wouldn't do that if his life depended on it when he was wearing purple along with basically every other field goal kicker that's ever suited up for the Vikings the last 15 years making kicks. Okay, with the exception of Ryan Longwell. <sighs> I'm going all over the place, and I apologize. But um, a bit of a skirmish going on with uh, Adam Thielen and Bill Belichick during a fourth and one, or four, uh, a short third down that the Vikings ended up getting from the referees, a very generous call. Mr. Belichick throwing the challenge flag, also, another player going down with injury. We'll get to what uh, Adam Thielen and Bill Belichick had to say, this and that. Um, there was a, again, there was a little skirmish in terms of war of words between the two on the sidelines there. Adam Thielen basically yelling at uh, Bill Belichick, basically like it's cheap, basically. I'm guessing that's what he said, because all you saw was the back of his helmet swinging his arms at uh, Mr. Belichick, and Belichick responded with, shut the, you know, you get the idea, shut the bleep up, and... Well, that's how that went. Conversation after the game. Asking Adam Thielen what happened, basically. What was that all about? Adam Thielen says to the uh, the reporters, I just thought the play was cheap. I wasn't directing frustration towards him. I just thought the play was cheap. Like I said, I let the emotions get the best of me because it's a smart football play. You're in that situation, then why not? It's not cheating because there's no rule against it from a guy going down. Yep, and again, that was a player going down with injury. Yep, because a player went down with injury right at that magical time as well, which gave Bill Belichick time to throw the red flag. That's basically where uh, Adam Thielen's frustration got going, and Belichick kind of went back at him a little bit. And I don't know if he was hurt or not. He might have been hurt. That's fine. It is what it is, but like I said, just interesting timing for a guy to go down when it's a close play. Mm. So uh, Bill Belichick, uh, or excuse me, Thielen, about what Bill Belichick told him, the STF view, uh, no offense taken, it's football, that's emotions, he can think what he wants to think about me, it doesn't change how I'm going to play the game, he can hate me all he wants, I'm going to still be the same person I am. <clears throat> so that's interesting. Uh... Let's get back to one more thing. 
Um, you were saying, was the frustration directed at Belichick, the question again? Uh, it wasn't necessarily at him. It was more just... I was I was more so just frustrated with the situation, but it's not an illegal play. The guy has a right to go down. It's just a frustrating situation when it's a close yardage that could have been that could be reviewed and a guy goes down. Like I said, I don't know if the guy was hurt. Just a frustrate just frustrating timing of that. Yes, um, Bill Belichick's response basically was it was just uh, two guys. It was just two competitive guys. Uh, sharing holiday greetings with each other, basically. He was kind of chuckling. And that's basically Bill Belichick's uh, <laughs> response to it in his press conference with a little kind of a, uh, you know, a hint of a smile, basically, and a hint of a chuckle from Bill Belichick. So basically there was nothing bad about it, according to Bill Belichick. This was from PatriotsWire.USAToday.com. So giving the uh, Henry McKenna. So there you go. There's your, uh, <laughs> there is your... There's your, uh, well, citing the, citing the media source that got the quotes and all that. But, of course, I'm sure there's local ones, too. But I had to get something going. But I'm totally fine to give a shout-out to them. So, again, frustrating situation. A game that just kind of drove you absolutely nuts. A situation with this team that shows me that I don't think things are adding up to the Vikings making the playoffs this year. Because, well, the Vikings are in seventh place right now. Six teams make the playoffs from each conference. Um, and... Well, I mean, it's nothing... I, I, I'm not here bad-mouthing the team. I'm not here just trying to be negative. It's, well, you have to go on the road against the team that is the current 60. You have to go on the road there and a team that you don't play well against. So, again, you don't typically play well against. In fact, we've lost four in a row against them. And, well, we'll talk about that more, the history, in the second segment. But that's where the frustration comes in and that's where the fears come in as well. The chances of this team making the playoffs are very slim, I think, right now because of that. But, well, I mean... Go ahead and win the last three games after that and feel better, I suppose. Chicago, Detroit, Miami, very winnable games, including Chicago in the season finale. But, uh, of course, that team, very dangerous. And, well, they're probably going to have home field in the first round of the playoffs. They will not have a first round bye. That's pretty much a given, I got to think. Regardless of how many more games the Rams or the Saints lose, I don't think either one of them is going to lose their first round bye. With that, I'll pass out the awards for this show. Crazy, frustrating game, and it's, again, a state of the Vikings a bit right now. A, a miniature state of the Vikings in this show, more so than just sitting down in detail after detail after detail. Because, well, I guess I went into other details, you could say, <laughs> in that during the course of the game. So, and I'll say again, the karma, you could say, the karma coming back at Thielen. I'll come back to this real briefly. After the whole exchange with Bill Belichick, Thielen had what looked like could have been a spectacular play, which would have set the Vikings up. Uh, first and goal, very close to the end zone. I think it would have been like the five-yard line. Oh, I mean, he he might have even had a touchdown on the play, possibly, but he was going down as he was catching it, so odds are he might not have, probably wouldn't have got in. But um, the ball just went off his fingertips, and that's unfortunate. A play usually Adam Thielen makes, and he did not make it there. It looked like it slipped off of his fingers or something. And I don't know, I guess that was the old Belichick karma. So whatever it is, it is. The awards for the show... The Fran Tarkington Award is going to go to, boy, I mean, offensively, I'd have to say Stefan Diggs. He was freaking awesome. I, I loved it. Uh, Dan Bailey, again, missed a 48-yarder. He's got to make those, and it's like, I don't know. You, what a valuable kicker he was in the past with Dallas, and he's just not the same guy since coming here. And I don't know. It was it was a money issue with Dallas, but he also struggled a bit last year with the groin injury. I don't know what to say otherwise. Uh, Linville Joseph was wonderful throughout the game. 
Eric Kendricks had 16 tackles in the game, including an interception. He was very active defensively, but he got beat quite a bit as well, so I don't think I really want to give it to him at the end of the day. Offensively, though, it's got to be Stefan Diggs. Is there anybody defensively that I want to hand it to? Uh, also, again, another important thing, Trey Waynes had his second concussion of the season, and odds are he will probably not play next week against the Seattle Seahawks. So that's extremely frustrating there. The Vikings also, again, zero sacks in the game. So here I do go into detail at the moment. Zero sacks in the game at the end of the day. Daniil Hunter is going to get the, uh, yeah. I mean, at, at least he pressured Tom Brady and made it interesting at times, including a couple of tackles for loss. So I'm going to give the defensive version of the uh, Fran Tarkington Award. is He's going to share with Stefan Diggs. In a game like this, nobody superly stood out like I'm going to go, oh my God, he's wonderful. So I'm going to share it with uh, Daniil Hunter and Stefan Diggs for the Fran Tarkington Award. Christian Potter Memorial. It's the offensive play calling. It's the overall coaching. I'm just sick of it right now. I'm sick of it. I mean, we look like morons out there. And, and I'm tired of it, and I think everybody else is as well. At least most of you, except some of you that only wear purple shades and don't want to really be honest about the situation. It's not good. It's not good. The, I expected more, and I think most of you did as well. Again, doesn't help when you have a bad offensive line. And again, that comes back to Rick Spielman as well. Rick Spielman absolutely takes a huge uh, amount of blame. Um, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm frustrated. I'm sure everyone else is as well. So with that, I'll stop jumping. I'll stop twirling around, twisting in the wind like like the wind outside right now. So, And to come back for segment number two for something hopefully a little bit more, I don't know, a little more cheery, a little more fun, I guess, other than this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, little NFC North roundup, looking around the NFL a bit as well, and of course previewing the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Hmm, oh goody, well, no one said it would be easy, right? And it's not going to be easy, so let's uh, start jumping into that here very shortly. Going to dig around a bit, where are we? I bounced into Washington Redskins and Philadelphia, of course Philadelphia will be hosting the Washington Redskins on Monday Night Football. But we were able to watch the Sunday night game. Uh, Thursday night, Dallas Cowboys over the New Orleans Saints. That was a huge, huge win. The Saints lost the game. Dallas Cowboys actually played some pretty damn good defense, which is kind of surprising. Well, somebody has to win the NFC East. So this game did not hurt the Minnesota Vikings' chances to make the playoffs. It didn't because somebody has to win the NFC East. If they're 6-10, and 10, well, they're in the playoffs and we're not. We could be 11-5 and 5 if, if like there's a, the other wildcard teams are better than us. But uh, it's all about competition against non-division leaders. So Dallas is probably going to win the NFC East this year, probably because Philadelphia stinks. Washington lost their quarterback due to a Joe Theismann, uh, literally a Joe Theismann situation on the same day. That's insane and kind of sad and kind of sick also. Uh, Just like uh, I remember Tony Coleman a few weeks back showed that um, back-to-back first-round picks had uh, ACLs in the same exact spot. That's unbelievable. Uh, Dalvin Cook and then, of course, Mike Hughes. Same exact spot in U.S. Bank Stadium. Literally, like, within a square foot. A square foot. What are the odds of that? Ah, uh, it's nuts. I mean, we're talking like like there's some kind of demonic black hole or something there. I mean, that's it's that kind of crazy. 
So that's how insane odds that is. Let's get to New Orleans and Dallas. Well, the Saints lost a game, and that's good. I don't like the Saints anymore. I don't like the Cowboys either. I really don't like the Cowboys. I, I just don't. Um, the the history against that team forever and ever will always be what it is, and I just don't like them. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is a spectacular player, though. Very uh, impressed with what he's able to accomplish. Dak Prescott's a bit overrated, I think, but his accuracy is what it is. Sounds like Troy Aikman a little bit. A bit overrated, but again, accuracy. Got the job done. Uh, sometimes his decision-making is not at Aikman's level, though. And of course, again, why did the Dallas Cowboys win three Super Bowls? Yes, Emmitt Smith was a spectacular running back. Yes, Troy Aikman was accurate and intelligent. But what's the number one reason the Dallas Cowboys won three Super Bowls? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, you know what it is, don't you? It's the five guys in front, right? The center, the guards, and the tackles. That's right. That's why That's why Emmett Smith's the number one running back of all time, yardage-wise. And that's why the Cowboys won three Super Bowls pretty handily in the, in the, in the 90s. So, that's why. You, you know, if you can't bring Troy Aikman down, you're not going to beat the Dallas Cowboys. If you can't beat <laughs> Kirk Cousins down, you're not going to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is a spectacular quarterback when he has uh, when he has uh, proper protection. He makes stupid mistakes here and there, but you know, again, your offense might be so dynamic and so, so spectacular if you have an offensive line that can protect uh, Kirk Cousins. It would get to a point the offense would be so spectacular that it wouldn't even matter. You know, I mean, we're so far ahead that oh, okay, he did that, so hmm, now they have a. Uh, uh, somewhat of a sporting chance to get back in it, but we'll see that type of thing. But that's the way it is. Dallas against New Orleans. I mean, it's making me think more about history rather than anything else. I mean, I remember Dallas used to basically punish the New Orleans Saints all the time, so it was interesting seeing New Orleans being the shocking team on the other side, I mean, shockingly losing to Dallas, where remember when the Saints once in a blue moon would beat the Cowboys, and it was like sweet as hell, and it was awesome, and I loved it, and I loved seeing the Cowboys lose, and the Saints got it, and I, God, I used to love the Saints so much. That was fun. Saints had a pretty good defense in some of those years as well back in the day. Uh, I can't remember who their coaches were. I, I, I know Jim Mora was the coach for quite a while, and we all know what Jim Mora is, and we all know what he would say about the Vikings situation right now, and I do believe Gerald Swing brings that uh, back into the picture again in the Facebook page. We'll talk about that when we get there. Let's move forward. That's just one game, but a very significant one, helping the LA Rams kind of attempt to regain some type of a chance to get the home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But again, the Saints own that tiebreaker, so Saints remain numero uno. Atlanta Falcons suck, and it's sad because they were good. They were they had a really good team, a good defense, and an incredible offense. And they can't beat anybody. Um, they lost a home game against the Baltimore Ravens, who are hanging on to playoff hopes. They're seven and five. Falcons are done and dusted. Four and eight. That's it. I mean, once you lose your eighth game, you're you're done and dusted. Um, Packers, Packers can only win eight games if they run, if they run the table, and they're not going to run the table. Twenty six to sixteen, Baltimore over the Atlanta Falcons. Lamar Jackson was in for a concussion protocol. Ended up coming back. So good for him. Sam Cook, that sounds like Sam Adams there. That sounds like the <laughs> Jim Cook, though. Sorry, it's Jim Cook, but that made me think about that. It's like Sam Adams and Jim Cook. Robert Griffin the third got a little bit of action for a couple seconds, and Lamar Jackson was in the concussion protocol. Lamar Jackson did nothing special. All he did was lose a fumble that went sixty, uh, went for six ultimately. I believe it was sixty yards, but uh, Baltimore won the game anyway with uh, also forcing a turnover on Matt Ryan and other such situations. 
good overall game for the Baltimore Ravens and not so much for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Lamar Jackson much more spectacular on the ground than running in the particular game. He did run in a touchdown, so good for him. <clears throat> Let's attempt feebly to move forward. We're going to skip over the Detroit game for now because we do the NFC North last. Denver over Cincinnati, 24-10. to The Bengals are finished, and is it finally over for Marvin Lewis? I don't know. It's got to be, right? Uh, Denver is pretty much not that exciting of a team. They're not going to win anything this year either. They're kind of sort of hanging on at 6-6. Six and six. What a nasty record. Ugh, Cincinnati 5-7. and seven. They are just putrid again after a really strong start like they do almost every freaking year. <laughs> they'll, they'll tease you for a little bit, and then down they go. Rams versus Detroit. Arizona versus Green Bay. We'll come back to those. Miami over Buffalo, and that'll be the Vikings' opponent in a few weeks here. 21-17. to 17. Miami Dolphins hanging on to their playoff lives a little bit there as well. Ryan Tannehill back in the mix again and doing not a bad job. Josh Allen, a couple touchdown passes, but a couple turnovers as well. <clears throat> nice to see uh, the Dolphins kind of hanging on there, 6-6 six and six also. They'll be competing against Denver, but a nice game for Ryan Tannehill against the Buffalo defense that looked like the 85 Bears against a certain purple club. Back at the beginning of the season, New York-Chicago will leave that alone temporarily. Tampa Bay Buccaneers win another game, and Carolina lost, so that's helpful for Minnesota. That is a helpful loss, but again, Vikings doing nothing to take advantage of it. Oh, it sucks. Carolina's down to 6-6, six and six, so they're going to have a hell of a time making it as well. So, But Seattle is still hanging on. Washington, believe it or not, still has one of the... Uh, playoff berth. So that actually does give the Vikings a good chance, because I don't think Washington's winning anything. I really don't. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. There's, I'd be shocked. Uh, we could actually say we're going we to... It's safe to say we're going to cheer for the Eagles tonight. Which is funny, but then again, that put the Eagles kind of in the hunt. Isn't that kind of weird? Wow, they would both be 6-6 six and six when you sit down and think about it. Uh, Carolina as well, which would create a complete logjam for the postseason. Tampa Bay won the first three games, lost the next seven. Now they've won two in a row. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are, are they streaky? Yeah, I would say they're streaky, but that's about it. Uh, huge loss for Carolina, though, and I'm happy about that. <clears throat> Jacksonville over Indianapolis, 6 to nothing. Yeah, we're going to just keep going. Hell with that. Cleveland stunk against Houston, but Houston has been really outstanding. They had a weak start to the season. Now they're 9-3. and three. They are just coasting. They are rolling. They have won like crazy. They look like a team on a mission now and good for them. They're not going to they're probably not going to catch Kansas City despite the uh events that took place. Uh obviously the original event took place last February apparently. I'm not going to get into that. You know what? I'm just not. This is I'm just going to stick to football. I you know, I'm sorry both sides. I don't know. I'm just going to leave that alone. I, I don't even want to get into it. I just don't. Um, gosh, I think I'm looking at Dunkin Donuts here when you look at the colors of these two teams together in the score <laughs> It looks like Dunkin' Donuts. That's really funny. But Cleveland, very disappointing game. I mean, I was excited to watch this game because it's like, okay, Baker Mayfield, he's really been stepping up and all that because I actually did watch this. It was, it was on Channel 4. I either got to watch Green Bay and Arizona or Cleveland-Houston. I eventually switched over to Green Bay and Arizona because how awful this game was. Uh, so I missed like the first half or so of the Green Bay-Arizona game. I saw pits and pieces of it. But then, I, I you know, I'm like, I want to see what Baker Mayfield can do. And he stunk. And it was like, ah, oh, it was so disappointing. Houston just dominated. And it's like, I got to remember, I got to remind myself just how good Houston is right now. They're they're a threat. They're a threat to get to the AFC title game. They are. Uh, Patriots better get that home field and have the number one seed. Let Houston deal with, uh, or let Kansas City deal with Houston if things uh, take place there. 
Um, I don't think the Chiefs are going to win a playoff game once again. And, that, you know, it's not the coach's fault, I don't think, in this case. Because certainly not the, the player, the other player's fault either. As awful as that team has been in the playoffs this year, it's a little different because they lost their best running back. And that sucks. They lost their superstar running back only in the second year. It's sad. Sad. Very sad indeed for that team and that fan base, uh, I have to say. So that's kind of the only thing I have to say about it. I don't want to get into any of the politics of it. I just don't. We all have our opinions, but I just kind of keep my mouth shut here. Um, Tennessee over the New York Jets. Meh. Kind of a meh game again. Tennessee, New York, both, I would say, non-playoff or fringe playoff in Houston's case. Much better team last year than this year. They're only 6-6, six and six and the Jets have lost six games in a row. They're terrible. Let's just keep going. Terrible. Let's just keep going if we human, if humanly possible. Uh, Kansas City over Oakland. Oakland Raiders with a nice game. Kansas City manages to score four points despite the loss of their star running back. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, spectacular still. Derek Carr with maybe his best game since the uh, ankle injury. I'm happy to see Derek Carr playing better. Nice. Um, completed almost three-fourths of his, or over three-fourths of his passes. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, quarterback rating 123. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in terms of quarterback rating, but again, the Chiefs are spectacular. They're 10-2. and two. They're still good, and uh, Oakland had a great game, and they're still, uh, they still the Chiefs still got the job done, so good for them. This is a rivalry game, so I think it woke up the Chiefs a little bit, which something better, or uh, the, the Raiders, I mean, something, uh, something better wake them up, because they've been just putrid forever. Patrick Mahomes is a spectacular player. We all know that. And it's only going to get better. That's the hope for the uh, Chiefs, despite their the loss of their core, of, of their running back due to stupidity. So that's unfortunate. Um, we're just going to have to move forward. Daniel Carlson is uh, making a name for himself in Oaktown. And if he's going to make for a name for himself somewhere, it better be there, I guess. Though ultimately it's going to be in Las Vegas. Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson. We, we do remember who that is, right? The guy who missed three field goals in Green Bay earlier this year for the Minnesota Vikings. He's doing a lot better in Oakland. And more conversation here. Mike Prefer is done, folks. I think the special teams are a joke. I think every kicker that's come to this organization the last 10 years outside of, again, Ryan Longwell has been a, has been a complete mental uh, gadget. And then they go somewhere else and they step up. Blair Walsh didn't end up doing good. I think he was messed up uh, completely. Where Daniel Carlson's only here a couple weeks. So, that's better. I, I don't like Mike Prefer anymore. You know, I kind of almost never did. I think he's not that great. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know what to say about that. I think there's going to be multiple coordinators uh, gone this year. I think uh, <laughs> there's nothing you could do against the uh, defensive coordinator for Minnesota. Well, I mean, it's not his fault. Mike Zimmer's the defensive coordinator at the end of the day when you, when you look at it. Of course, the Seattle game, we'll come back to that in a minute. Not a good sample in that game because San Francisco just sucks. And I don't know. We'll just continue from that. Beautiful Sunday night football game last night. Fun. And I like who won the game because I hate the Steelers. So I'm sorry, Chris Porter. I don't mean to say that. I, I like the Steelers a little bit, but I don't like them that much. I'd rather have seen the Chargers win. <laughs> Pittsburgh built up a pretty sizable lead, 23-7. to And back came the Chargers. The Chargers. And they end up winning the game. Even though the Steelers made it interesting late, the Chargers end up finishing the job. What a fun game. Phillip Rivers is just an amazing quarterback who continues to do it at a high level. I didn't realize he has nine kids, or at least his ninth kid is coming, so that's interesting. I didn't even realize that. I suppose that's been around for a while, and I, I had heard it, but I for, forgot type of thing. But um, San Diego, talk about, that's a creative team. 
Their defense is solid when it needs to be. Generally, it's pretty good, but their offense is unbelievable. And wow, I'm very impressed with what uh, the Chargers were able to do on the road last night to get to 9-3. and three. That's another team that's a massive threat. Uh, it's a good thing the Minnesota Vikings aren't in the AFC because there is no chance <laughs> they, would, they would get out of the first round. You're not going to beat the Chargers or the or the Houston Texans in a, in a wild card type of game. You're, you're not going to beat the Chargers or the Houston Texans in a wild card game. It's not happening. So <laughs> it's just the end of the day. Vikings maybe might beat the Bears just because of the old division type of thing where funny stuff can happen. Vikings probably could beat Dallas. I think we could beat the Dallas Cowboys. I do. After that, though, it would get interesting. But uh, at the same time, I'm not sure the Vikings are even going to make the playoffs at all. I think it's about time to get to the NFC North. Yes, it is. Chargers, fun game, though. Nice comeback for the Chargers. Let's look at the NFC North and then ultimately wrap up with the St. Louis... No, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I'm going crazy looking at the Rams and talking about St. Louis here. L.A. Rams all over Detroit. Just kind of same old story. Detroit's 4-8. and eight. They're finished. The Rams are 11-1, and one, so they do have home field advantage in the, in the, in the, throughout the NFC now. I forgot about that. It would be if the Rams actually lose another game this year, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, Jared Goff did not have a particularly good game. A couple turnovers, an interception, and a fumble loss. He only completed 50% of his passes. Detroit's defense frustrated Jared Goff a bit, and he didn't have a particularly good game, but Todd Gurley just took over and did what he did. I mean, they just found a way to still score 30 points against Detroit in Detroit and pretty much beat the crap out of him. Again, two more touchdowns for Todd Gurley. Pretty, pretty damn good game for him. Detroit is pretty much done. Green Bay Packers, the final coaching gig for Mike McCarthy for the, with the Green Bay Packers anyway. Will he uh, return next year with somebody else like Jacksonville or something? I think he will, but we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe he'll have a whole year off. Maybe teams will just kind of hire someone else for now and he'll resurface with a, another team the next year. Maybe the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> that would be quite a buyout though, wouldn't it? I think the Raiders are stuck. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I don't know. There were plays on the sidelines that he was missing that I think he normally wouldn't miss. Josh Rosen, I'm not convinced this guy is anything. I'm not. I, I think he is the next Cade McNown. I don't see anything out of this guy. All of you out there, they're like, Josh Rosen, he's going to really be something. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's going to be a bust. I, For his sake, I hope I'm wrong. But he had nothing to do with uh, Arizona's win. He was awful. 40-42% terrible game. At least he didn't turn the ball over, but I don't see anything out of this guy. He, he just, he, nothing. I, I When I watch him play, I'm just like, okay, he has a little bit of an arm, this and that. He's got a little smirk on his face all the time, and that's it. I mean, he's got a little bit of an arm, but the accuracy isn't there. The decision-making is just, ugh, you know, he's not getting him killed, but there's nothing special about him at all. I, I just don't see it. So all of you that love Josh Rosen, I don't know. But Arizona still found a way to win the game with good defense. And I think the Packers kind of, sort of, I think the air is just out of the building right now. And they did not put in their best effort. And that was the end of Mike McCarthy. Good luck, Joe Philbin. Uh, so New York Giants and Chicago Bears. The Bears, again, the Bears, the Bears. <laughs> okay. The Bears dropped to 8-4, and four, which would have put the Vikings in prime position. Could you imagine the Vikings were 7-4-1? and one? It's just another one of those years, like 2016. Little bit of things here and there. You know, Daniel Carlson makes one kick. Maybe the Vikings would be, well, the Vikings would have seven wins this year. So, I don't know, we'd be seven and five. It's not great. Imagine you actually show up and beat the Patriots. Yeah, okay, we're not going to. So, why am I even talking about that? New York Giants with a very impressive win, though, at the end of the day. 
it was a road game for Chicago. It's not easy. And of course, again, you're kind of you're kind of tempting the football gods, as they say, when you're stuck with Chase Daniel for two games. You, you can't count on Chase Daniel to be this perfect quarterback because obviously he's not. Uh, Odell Beckham threw another touchdown pass, a 49-yard play in the game. Another one of those trick little plays. You got Pat Shermer as an offensive coordinator there. Well, the head coach, <laughs> Pat Shermer, the great offensive coordinator and uh, an okay head coach, getting his fourth win with the New York Giants. Eli Manning continues to struggle. It doesn't look like anything special. Not a fun game to watch. He's going against a great defense, though. Jordan Howard still managed to get 76 yards on the ground, and Saquon Barkley was outstanding for the Giants. Um, ultimately, though, they are going to want a new quarterback at some point soon. As much as I respect Eli Manning and what he accomplished in those miracle seasons, those years are done and dusted, and they've been done and dusted for a while, unfortunately. So, New York uh, New York Giants over Chicago, making things slightly more interesting, but I don't think the Vikings are going to catch the Bears, unless there's a huge collapse coming at the end of the day. Big loss for Chicago, but again, the Vikings could not take advantage of the situation because they just didn't. Seattle Seahawks, let's go. How about them Seahawks? I still hate them. I don't like them at all. 7-5 and five on the season. I don't know. I mean, the Vikings defensive line has to have the game of their life to win this game. They do, because Russell Wilson is almost impossible to tackle. He's almost impossible. Seattle's offensive line is, well, they're good enough. And they're good enough. As long as Russell Wilson doesn't get sacked like 10 times, they're good enough. Uh, He did get sacked three times in the game, believe it or not, because San Francisco's got a little bit of a defensive line. Nick Mullins, he fared okay against the Seattle defense that isn't that good anymore. That's the hope, because Richard Sherman is, you know, damaged goods, and he's on the San Francisco (laughs) sidelines. And, of course, in the backfield, uh, defensive, secondary, whatever. Seattle's offense is still dangerous, though. They still got that obnoxious, cocky Baldwin. I can't stand him. Um, Russell Wilson, I can't stand him just because you can't freaking tackle him. He, he he doesn't make an ass of himself, but you can't freaking tackle the guy. He's impossible sometimes. Um, again, four touchdowns. He's, he's, he's accurate. He's like Troy Aikman on speed. I mean, he's just, he's way faster. Troy Aikman, in terms of you could never get to him, of course, in terms of uh, the, the accuracy and all that with Aikman and the decision making, he doesn't make dumb mistakes like you know, like other quarterbacks, like the Dilfers of the world. And then it's again, it's like Aikman that can actually run. You got the intelligence and the uh, the quick release and the accuracy like Aikman, but then the ability to run and he's the he's the fastest quarterback in in the world. I'd have to say. Um, probably the toughest guy to get to. I'm impressed that San Francisco even got three sacks in the game. Other than the offensive line probably just let Wilson down big time. And that's the only hope you have. But no, they didn't let him down that bad. They scored 43 points against San Francisco, who is just a battered and defeated team, unfortunately. Uh, I feel bad for him because I like the 49ers. But the only good part is they're going to get a very, very, very high draft pick. And, well, offensive line, defensive line, they have their quarterback. Just don't take a wide receiver with the first pick unless it's the next Julio Jones, something like that. That's the only time you take a wide receiver there or even a running back. I mean, again, take, you know, I would take a best lineman or linebacker that you could possibly get there, if humanly possible. Offense, defense, line, and or linebacker. That could be a franchise-changing player for San Francisco. And watch out for the 49ers in a year. Why am I talking about the 49ers? Let's talk about Seattle some more. Again, it's their offense that scares me. Their defense isn't that great. But their offense is obviously extremely dangerous. That's, And, of course, we like never win there. Let's get to the history. The Vikings have won in Seattle, but not lately uh, and not very often. 
The last time Minnesota won in Seattle, miraculously, I'm still just stunned when I look at this, was in 2006. October 22nd, 2006. After that demolition derby that I remember that happened back in 02, when we went there with Mike Tice's coach, we beat Seattle pretty handily in the Metrodome in 2003, 34-7. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts. And then lost at the Dome in 04. That was again when the Seahawks were starting to get really good with... Uh, Matt Hasselbeck is quarterback, and they had that Super Bowl year. Great team and all that, but they didn't get their job done against Pittsburgh. Vikings, again, won in Seattle, 31-13. to That had to be the most impressive win of the year, that awful 6 team. The most recent time Minnesota defeated Seattle was 9 Again, that was a completely battered and destroyed Seattle team, kind of like what San Francisco is today. Pre-Russell Wilson, pre-Richard Sherman, pre-everybody, you know, pre-all those great players in Seattle's defense, and, of course, again, Russell Wilson. And uh, I don't think they had Marshawn Lunch yet either. Because, no, they didn't. He, 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 he may have been with Buffalo at the time. Marshawn Lunch. Or should we say Marshawn Lynch. Ever since Russell Wilson, just like Tom Brady, though much shorter sample size since then, we play Seattle more often than New England anyway because they're in the same conference. 2012, Seattle beat Minnesota. 30-12, pretty dominating win. Even though it, Minnesota made it interesting later. This is in Seattle was getting much better with Russell Wilson and all them leading the way 30-20. to 41 to 20 in 2013. That was when Seattle was a Super Bowl champion team, and they were the best team in the league that year. They rolled all over the Vikings, 38 to seven, devastating game. I still remember the Vikings could not get to the guy. See, the Vikings were really struggling that year, late November, early December. I remember Harrison Smith was out. It was just an awful couple games there, and that was one of the huge ones. Couldn't crackle Russell Wilson for our life. And then, of course, the infamous playoff game later that year. Minnesota had that win. They absolutely had it. We had it. Nine to nothing game, blah, blah, blah. We were actually getting to Russell Wilson. He was struggling in the cold, this and that. And again, the three turnovers that led to Seattle's victory, or three deadly sins it was anyway. Adrian Peterson fumbling. And of course, poor coverage by Josh Robinson. That's who his name was, the quarterback. I can barely remember him. He was such a nothing. Uh, ultimately replaced by Trey Waynes, thank God. And... I can't even remember what the other... Oh, and then, of course, Blair Walsh missing the easy kick. 27 yards away. Ridiculous. 27-yard kick. I don't care, man. you got to make that at home. Outside, inside, whatever. And those are the three deadly sins that cost the Minnesota Vikings that game. Uh, Vikings had that game, and they let it go. So, most recent history, Vikings 0 for 4. Seattle does lead the all-time series 10-5-0, ultimately. The whole thing started way, 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 way back in 1976. Seattle was a new team. Minnesota won that game. Of course, Fran Tarkington still leading the way that season. Vikings ultimately did go to the Super Bowl only to lose to the Raiders. You lost three years, uh, three times in a row anyway in 78, 84, and 87. 1987, wow, the Vikings lost to Seattle in 87. <laughs> that was the Vikings team that went to the NFC title game, but disappointing loss there on November the 1st. Minnesota beat Seattle by three points in 1990. Beat Handleib in 96. Horrible game for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't even know. Was Trent? No, it couldn't have been. Couldn't have been Trent Dilfer. Who the heck did that to the Vikings? Was that Rick Meyer? I think it was. It was Rick Meyer. He was terrible, but he had that huge game. It was Rick Meyer. He was still there. I remember that. That was embarrassing. I remember he beat us with the Raiders, too, one time years later. Rick Meyer. Oh, God. Awful. One of those blue-chip busts that never did jack bleep in the NFL. Heck, Trent Dilfer was a blue-chip draft pick. He was picked very high, and he did nothing. It was just garbage most of the time, except for the uh, 
Baltimore Ravens when they went into full game manager mode. <sighs> to the point, though, Seattle, obviously, again, their defense is not the same. There's still something there, though. There's still something there. To me, it's Russell Wilson is the is the straw that stirs the drink for Seattle, and everybody knows that. Um, Baldwin is an annoying guy, and but he can get the job done, obviously. I don't think the Vikings beat the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't. I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. It just doesn't happen. And I don't like the matchup. It's never been good. Vikings are going to have to play an awesome, awesome, awesome game. You're, you're going to have to see great pass protection, or at least good enough. And you're going to have to see uh, what's his... Uh, Kirk Cousins have the game of his life out there. He's going to have to have a spectacular game, a la Philadelphia, Green Bay. It's going to have to be one of those type of games where the Vikings are dominant. But even more importantly, though, even more importantly, at the end of the day, get the ball to Delvin Cook. Be creative one way or another. Seattle is ultimately in the bottom third and points allowed in the league at the end of the day. Uh, and against the rush, the Seahawks uh, beatable as well. They're in the bottom half or so. They allow about 116 a game. So that's, you know, okay. That's good for us. So, I, again, let's run the ball. I mean, I ultimately would have to say that. Um, Seattle's pass defense also, you know, I mean, they're, again, in the in the middle. So, Seattle's basically mediocre in pretty much everything. Do they still force turnovers? Uh, yes, they're in the upper echelon, but they're not spectacular. They're tied with a ton of other teams of 12 on the season. They do force some turnovers here and there. Uh, they're dangerous in a sense where they'll force some fumbles here and there, interceptions and all. Um but generally, everything everything there is middle of the middle of the pack or slightly below. So it's a team you got to take advantage of. At the end of the day, they don't get a whole lot of sacks, so that's good. They have thirty one on the year. It's not like that's nothing, but still, they're middle of the road. They're middle of the road in most categories. It's a beatable. It's a beatable defense. I mean, Delvin Cook clearly has the ability. The run blocking needs to be there, this and that. I mean, I want to see a balanced offense, but at the same time, again, if guys can get open and Kirk Cousins can have enough time to throw the ball down the field, 20 yards down, whatever, those nice plays to Kyle Rudolph here and there, just no more slants to frickin' <laughs> Laquan Treadwell. I mean, there's just so many other details I wanted to get to. It's just that one kind of, you know, I mean, it's just one thing after another. It's like I'm... You know what it is with Laquan Treadwell? These stupid plays to Laquan Treadwell? I'm used to it. That's why I'm not even bringing it up in the first segment anymore because I'm so used to it now. It's like, oh, that's just part of the stupid game at the end of the day. Part of the stupid play by the by the offensive coordinator and decision-making and all that. But um, it's a middle-of-the-road defense that can be beaten. Again, I mean, I want to see a balanced approach, something, creativity, something. It, it's got to be there. It's got to. Don't make the Seahawks look like the 85 Bears, please. Because if they do, the game is totally over. The Seahawks will win like 35 to 10 or 30, 30, 31 to 10 or something stupid like that. The pray, you pray to God you can get to Russell Wilson. To me, that's the really the hugest challenge of the game is getting to Russell Wilson somehow, some way. Frustrate him, of course. Bat down the passes, this and that. And if Trey Waynes is out and McKenzie Alexander's all by himself out there, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't think the odds favor the Vikings winning this game. I don't. Um, as good as our offense might be in the game, which I'm not confident in necessarily, unless there's some creativity and some balanced approach, um, you still have to stop Russell Wilson. That's the problem. I mean, their offense is the problem more than their defense right now. Their offense is much more dangerous than their defense. Uh, Russell Wilson, again, the fastest quarterback in the world. So at this point, really tough to bring down. I think Seattle wins the game, unfortunately. I think it's going to be something along the likes of 27, 24, 27, 
21, something like that. But I think Seattle's going to win the game, and we're going to be just as mad and frustrated as ever. And we're just going to have to hope and pray other teams lose. And that's about it. You're just going to have to scoreboard watch the rest of the way when hopefully we can control our destiny against uh, Miami, Detroit, Chicago at the end of the day. I mean, that's what it's going to have to be at that point. And it's unfortunate. We, we get the scoreboard watch after losing to Seattle. And mm, the only hope is, again, that, uh, well, Seattle's going to make it more than likely. And then you have to hope and pray that uh, someone else loses. And that's about all you can say about that at the end of the day. So we're going to take a quick break. <sighs> take a quick break, gather ourselves, and, uh, well, get back to fan interaction, hear what you guys have to say. We will hear two calls from Mad Martin leading things off. Hi there, Joey. It's been a while, but um, I'm back from my uh, American trip. And it was the most enjoyable. Uh, the game in New York was uh, very good. The fan base that turned up uh, was superb. Probably 5,000 uh, of the purple were there. Um, obviously then we uh, we played the Saints the following week and disappointing in the sense that uh, they really did play very well and are clearly a team that most likely will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, much to my dislike. Um, last week, or sorry, nope, two weeks ago now, um, I got my opportunity to go to the new stadium and it certainly is a beautiful place to watch football. I would recommend it to any of the listeners out there that haven't been yet. Most impressive and a, an exceptionally good victory. Um, 10 sacks, what more can you ask for? And then we move on, obviously, to this week, the bye, we come off the bye, um, Reading a lot of social media, a lot of people with great expectations that this team were going to go into Soldier Field and win. Personally, I was not confident. You know, our, our record there has never been particularly good. It's a difficult place to play in. And sadly, they dis- didn't disappoint last night, did they? Uh, I watched the game on a flight home today, actually, because uh, I wasn't prepared to stay up. And um, what can you say? It, it had all the hallmarks of 2016 can't run the ball O-line can't protect it's boring, it really is and it's so disappointing from the expectations that we had at the beginning of the season where I think most of us really felt this team had a legitimate shot at going deep in the postseason and even making the Super Bowl I think after last night and the schedule that's coming up, we've got the Packers Seattle and New England I think we'd be lucky if we win one of those and I think we'll be lucky now if we even make the playoffs as a wild card. Um, unless Chicago go backwards. And I can't see it. They they have a very good defence. And Trubisky is certainly looking like he, he can move the team. So this could be the year the Bears are the champions of the North. Hey-ho, it is what it is. Anyway, my friend, um, you take care. And let's hope maybe for victory next weekend. But... um. It's, it's just disappointing. Take care. Skull brothers and sisters. Morning, Joey. Greetings from uh, far north of Scotland. Well, yet again, another lacklustre performance by this team. And if we talk, look back on 2018, what are we going to look back on? At the year of inconsistency? Because there's no consistency with this team. We win one. Um, we play 
okay, because I don't feel, other than Detroit, we've had a standout game. And then following week, we kind of just don't turn up. And that's been the whole season so far. There's just this, they play a game, you think, okay, maybe they're getting things together. And then the next week, I mean, last night, first drive, three and out. And it's like, oh, shit, here we go again. It's going to be another one of those. And that's been the problem the whole season. It's frustrating, It's and it's sad. I think for most of us, the expectations this season were very high, that this team could perhaps go 13-3, and three, uh, get home field advantage, and head for the promised land. And what we've seen is pretty much, I feel, a rerun of uh, 2016. Um, what was the difference between this year and last year for me? Case Keenum. The guy was Houdini. He found time to deliver the ball down the field, and they had very long, sustained scoring drives, which kept our D fresh and ready to deal with the opposition. This year, we've not seen that. Yes, Kirk's played pretty well at times, but at other times it's been pretty abysmal. And the fact that we have not beaten a winning a team with a winning record this year, I think, really says it all. Um, I don't want to start thinking about the off-season. We're still a quarter of this season to go, but, well, do you, you honestly think we're going to make the playoffs? And if we do make the playoffs, it's going to be one and done, isn't it? There's no two ways about that. This team is not going to go anywhere post-season. And who's the blame on? Do we want to start pointing fingers already? Um, I think you know my, my thoughts on Rick Spillman, Slick Rick. He loves to make these big splashy pickups in the draft and it doesn't really think about the fundamental foundations of the team. And you know what I'm talking about, the O-line. Um, years of this rubbish. You don't have a decent O-line. Your quarterback hasn't got time to deliver the ball downfield. You can't up, open up the lanes for your running backs. And we're seeing that again this season. And I hate it. Um, but if you look at what we have cap space availability next season, somewhere in the region of $10 million, don't think you fix it with that. So it's, a, it's another season of sucking up to this. Yuck. And, of course, um, the Packers have parted ways with a head coach, which has to be a worry. They get a decent head coach, then, um, well, Green Bay can come back to the party. And there's another factor. You, you look at that Green Bay game last week, yeah? A lot of people suddenly thought, hey, we're, we're back in this, you know, we're, we're getting better. Well, you've got the Cardinals roll in there and beat them. That says all about that, doesn't it, really? It says it all about the fact, yeah, we can beat a very crappy Packers team. Big deal. We can't be a great, and they're not a great uh, Patriots team this season. They're a decent team, and we can't even beat them. Um, that's me. I'm, uh, I'm off. Um, take it easy, my friend. And Skull Brothers and Sisters. And wasn't that spectacular to hear that voice on the airwaves again? Ah, oh, thank you so much, Mad Martin. I just can't thank you enough for the uh, outstanding call-ins. Thank you so much. Uh, the first one, I apologize. That should have probably been on the last episode. In fact, it should have been. I knew I saw something, and then it's just like, just kind of didn't cross my mind, and I came on, recorded the show, and then I look immediately afterward, and I'm like, oh, no, Joey, what was that? 
Uh, also, always appreciate when Brent Jacobson calls in as well. His calls are awesome as well. Thank you so much, uh, Brent. Oftentimes calls actually after games in the building still, in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, which is pretty cool. Man, Martin had a lot to say there. Uh, obviously, you can't get to everything. Sometimes it's just good to let him have the floor and let you guys just enjoy. You know, just sit back, enjoy, kick up, and uh, yeah. I mean, I could just that's basically what I did when I listened to that. Uh, lots of amazing takes there as well. Oh, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs. And if they do, it's one and done. Yes, I agree. That That's not being negative. That's being honest. It's just being honest. And sometimes that's what you got to be. We've watched football how long? I mean, uh, Matt Martin's seen Super Bowls. I've seen multiple NFC title games. In fact, five of them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 87, uh, 90. Eight took that freaking long. Yep, I always have to count them off, which is stupid. 87, 98, 2000, 2009, 2017. So, yes, those were the uh, <clears throat> those were the NFC title games that I've seen the Vikings not win, unfortunately. They have lost six in a row dating back to 1980. And who was, the, who was that team? Philadelphia Eagles. Great. So we've never really beaten the Eagles in the postseason. Um, it's been a frustrating history. It really is. Vikings, and, and yes, you know what the number one theme too, right there, that uh, Mad Martin brought up there in that call in Mad Martin's Mad Takes this is the second one, the first one as well though too, it's a lot It's a lot of the same type of stuff where three and out, and it's like here we go again, and that's usually an early indicator what kind of game it's going to be, the Vikings offense is not up to the task and we're going to lose and it's like, you don't want to say it, you don't want to say it that way, but it ends up being that way very often. Uh, Vikings offense didn't start well against Green Bay either, and then things kicked in, and yeah, ultimately losing to Arizona at home, like, against a quarterback that just, I'm not convinced Josh Rosen is even going to be a middle-tier quarterback in the NFL. I honestly am comparing him to Cade McNown, just kind of a cocky kid who thinks he's really something, and he doesn't do jack squat. And that's kind of what I'm thinking that uh, Josh Rosen is long-term. Cade McNown was a very high draft pick for the Chicago Bears, and within two years, they were booing the the shit out of the guy. So that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, Yep, yes, we're throwing in some S-bombs on the show. Mad Martin did on one of those, and I did too just now. Uh, That might be my second one already, so I apologize if I'm swearing too much. Um... Just amazing, though. Hope you enjoyed what he had to say there, and I pretty much agree with everything he said. In fact, I can't really think of anything to disagree with there. I can't. Um, Awesome. So, yeah, I I shouldn't just rehash it and go back and forth. Nothing to disagree with, and it's just um, more than worthy of putting your feet up and listening and just enjoying. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's, uh, how good he is. Want to thank Vince Germano and Tanae Brown for retweeting the recent show. Finishing the Packers was the name of that episode. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of wishy-washing about what to call this episode, but it'll I'll, I'll get to it here as I end the show and upload the upload the episode. Vince Germano out of Australia and Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, which again proves that this show is worldwide. Maybe it's a worldwide show. It's not just local. It's not just United States. It's worldwide. Mad Martin's from Northern Scotland. Just, just Minnesotans hate me, mostly. Okay, not necessarily. Brent Jacobson, Sebastian, a lot of you guys still from Minnesota as well. Man Martin now on Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, says, Evening. Yep, he was wondering if I had gotten it, because I was letting him know that I forgot to put the show in. How stupid. Uh, he said, Apple, I, f- I forgot to put the last, uh, the Chicago Bears uh, call in there, which was my mistake. He said, Apple has updated everything, so was not convinced you got it. Hope you can slow slow down now that the growing season is over. And yes, I'm at least able to record the show where last night I might have had to really 
crunch things in if humanly possible, which, I don't know, it was a tough one. Uh, Mad Martin says, another good podcast, my man. I'm I'm back to the grind. Loads to catch up on, but had a blast stateside when it came to the United States. And the two victories, a real added bonus. We'll send some audio soon. And again, thank you so much, and I'm glad he did. Um, he said, did not watch live. That was the Vikings over Green Bay. A fancy a 4.30 a.m. finish. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected him to do that. Watched half before work and the rest tonight. That was a long half time. Yep, much needed win against the depleted Packers team. Yes, sir. Can we go up a bit? Here we go. Now we get to the Patriots conversation. He said the Pats are below average D and we're making them look good. Sick of this. And what is this with kickers in Minnesota? It's horrible. It really is. Huh? Just no consistency this season. Just when you think they are back. In this, they get carved up on D, and the O does nothing, and ST screwed up. Yep, I mean, it's just, it's it's sickening. Um, yeah, it, it really is a special team screw up, yep. They're terrible. Yep, score here, game over. Yeah, and that was again when the Patriots, the Vikings had just tied the game up, and it was just boom, 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 you know, basically, and Josh Gordon ended up finishing that one for New England. Yes, Josh Gordon, that Josh Gordon from Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland Browns, anyway. Uh, the last 13 minutes will be our season. Time for Captain Kirk to earn the paycheck. Fourth and inches. Oh, shit. Bleeping O-line. The season is over. It's fourth and 11. And you throw a five-yard slant. Uh, slant. Yeah, that, that didn't make any sense. And that's, again, what's been going on. And he was saying all the slackers, sackler head coach. Yep. Um, yeah, see, that's, like, the number one problem with his offense. Is like, you can, there's just nothing there. That makes you feel like, oh, we got this. We got this because the decision-making is, for lack of better terms, it starts with an R and ends with a D. You just fill in the blank. It starts with an R and ends with a D. The, the decision-making process with a lot of these important calls, third and 11, third and this, you need this play. And then you come up with this garbage to Laquan drop well. Laquan crap well, Laquan bust well, whatever you want to call him. He just sucks. He sucks and everybody knows it. Um, occasionally... He'll catch something 15 yards down the field and maybe at a yard because he fell forward because he's got no separation, no speed, no nothing. But generally speaking, uh, I, I think most people want him off the team at some point. Eh, he probably will be, but that was horrible. It's nothing personal, it's business. It's nothing personal, it's business. Mad Martin says season over, and yeah, I, I not yet, but the Seattle game will probably be the nail in the coffin, in my humble opinion. And again, it's not trying to be negative. It's not bad-mouthing the team. It's looking at the facts. It's looking at the facts of the situation. The only hope is that Carolina sucks the rest of the way. Washington's not going to make the playoffs. If the Washington Redskins make the playoffs, I'll be beyond shocked. They're not going to make it. They're just not. I think Carolina is the ultimate threat, obviously. Um, Washington right now is in the playoffs at the second. So again, that's the one thing to be positive about. They're not going to make it. So <laughs> they're just not. So we'll move on from that. Uh, I was saying how the ending to the Sunday night football game was hilarious. Go Chargers. Malcolm McSween liked that tweet. Uh, Malcolm out of the southern part of California there. Um, <laughs> that was funny. That was a funny ending because it was three offsides. And actually, it would have been four. But then they declined it because the, the young man actually made the kick that time after... Missing the first one badly. Offsides. Get to re-kick. The next one was blocked. But that's because the uh, Steelers were way offside to that one. They jumped way too early. So, of course, they're able to block the kick. So, I'm not sure what to go with that one. Steelers just kind of gave up there in a way. They made three. They made four consecutive off uh, offsides, which is hilarious. 
Um, ultimately, a 29-yarder, a 39-yarder turned into a 29-yarder, and San Diego ends up finishing the job. Now, again, even if the young man missed the kick, the Steelers wouldn't necessarily have won the game because while the Chargers had all the momentum and all that, it would have just had to go to overtime. That's the only difference. But Chargers ultimately finished the job. Mad Martin just recently says, Morning, Joey. Sent you some audio, and thank you so much. Uh, crappy uh, crappy mood after that performance yesterday. I'm resigned to the fact that the season's over. Me too. Me too. Uh, final tweet here from Dave Martin, Mad Martin, and it is... Well, that's what it will take for the season to have any chance at a playoff berth. And I, yep, he was saying, again, yeah, I was saying thank you so much. I have both audios on the show. I honestly believe we're not going to make the playoffs this year. It's not going, it's not looking like it's going to happen. And winning in Seattle is not easy ever. And then Mad Martin says, well, that's what it will take for this team to have any chance at a playoff berth. And yes, winning in Seattle, and I do think the Vikings will make it. But again, again, <laughs> winning in Seattle, yeah. Somehow we won in 2006, which is the weirdest thing ever. I mean, yes, you, you beat Seattle in Seattle in 2006 when the team sucked and they weren't even close to the playoffs. And you had a head coach that was, yeah, you had that guy, the kick-ass offense. Well, we still have a kick-ass offense because we're still doing the same crap in the Brad Childress era. That's basically what John Filippo was turning into as the next Brad bleeping Childress. Wait a minute. Another coach from Philadelphia. Oh, no. Yeah, you sit down and think that over. Hmm, it's the curse of Philadelphia, right? Yeah, we can't beat them in the playoffs, and we can't win with any of their coaches, like Childress, you know, and all that in his kick-ass offense, and it was so kick-ass that we kept throwing short passes in Afahu Tahi, and that really accomplished a lot. Not. Okay, Twitter account is finished for now. Thank you again, Mad Martin. You are a superb star candidate for this episode. He's getting a star. It's going to be way up there. And his Hall of Fame, Purple Mafia Hall of Fame plaque has already been made. It's just an announcement at the end of the season on State of the Vikings. That plaque has already been made. It's shiny and it's it's ready to go. He, he's, yeah. <laughs> it's already been made. <laughs> Look at me foreshadowing like always, but that's how I roll. Uh, let's get to the post-game thread. want to thank all of you, Josh Mayer, Henry, and others. And Brett McCarthy for keeping things very fun and active during the in-game thread. I'll, nah, I'll screw around at the end of it here. Uh, the in-game thread. There were more comments than that before. That's weird how that does that. Come on, just load. Okay. So the last couple ones here. Brad McCarthy was saying, wow, D. D. Filippo can go, can go to the pack. Goodbye. And Josh, 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 uh, Mayor Henry out of Colorado says, tired of this game. And yeah, it was terrible. Um, they were cursing and getting frustrated. Yankee Zong said, well, we, are, we officially suck in every side of the ball thus far. Josh Mary Henry responded to him and said, yep, no offense, no defense, and no special teams. And I agree completely. Tony Coleman says it's beer time. Uh, Tony Coleman out of South Dakota and Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Josh Mary Henry is going to get in at some point, too. Um, McCarthy, yep, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Brett McCarthy. Not Mike McCarthy, but Brett McCarthy. Mike, Mike McCarthy might get in too for some of the... No, okay, nah. <laughs> they beat us pretty bad a few times, so I, I can't get too cocky about Vikings versus Packers. I, I really can't. Uh, Josh Mayer Henry says, need, some, need something stronger than beer to watch the rest of this game if it keeps going this way. Tony Coleman says, I've got a bottle of whiskey in the cupboard. Oh, Josh agrees. That'll work. Mayor Henry, Josh Mayer Henry says, big stop, but really have no... Really have to move the ball on the offense. Yep. 
solicitor Thomas said, uh, we just seem so predictable. And I, I agree. I love the run Tommy run little thing because Tom Brady ran for five yards and then did the little first down salute, basically, with a smile on his face. He reached a 1,000 yards for his career. So run, Tommy, run. Um, and you know what? He, he He's the best. Um, Tom Brady is the best. <sighs> Eric Mustard would say, okay, give Cook the ball, please, and continue from there. Celeste, or, I mean, I was basically saying if New England plays defense like this, they'll win the Super Bowl. But Celeste Thomas is like, no, our offense is just that bad. And yeah, it's not run well at all. So I agree with Celeste Thomas there. He says, we totally are being outcoached. Eric Mustard says, okay, revive plan, give Cook the ball. And I should have clarified the first time, do not hold. Yeah, yep, that's right. There was a stupid holding call as well on one of those nice runs that ended up being knocked out. Dave Vicky says, this is hard to watch. We need a turnover, blah, blah, blah. We continue. And I'm not saying blah, blah, blah to Dave, uh, Dave Vicky. I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty much about it. Oh, here we go. Uh, Yankee says, uh, not sure why Zimmer bothered to give these peanut challenges. It's only one half yard. But at the end of the day, that one I, that one was the right call. And hey, you know, we, we had to get that. So ultimately, it ended up working out, thankfully. But uh, interesting thought process there by Yankee out of Brooklyn Center. Uh, Josh Mariner was saying they did get the stop. We have another chance at, at going after Brady, yeah, getting him off the field. Yankee said he wasn't sure if the D was going to show because they've been running all over the field easily. Yankee says, I guess it was up to the D to show up for third down. Good play. And yes, it was. That was nice. Yep, Daniel Hunter again. That's why he ended up winding up with the, uh, player, of the year, uh, player of the Year. Yeah, he's a candidate for that. But uh, the uh, Fran Tarkington Award. So we continue to move forward. Nice Kermit uh, meme there. I like that one from Eric Mustard. He says, don't say anything, don't say anything about the current drive. You'll curse it. Don't say anything about the current drive. And yep, Kermit's like holding his mouth like, nope. That was funny. It was a nice play. Yeah, this is longer than I thought. So yeah, if I kept going, it would have been all day. So Dave Vicky was saying, I don't like how they don't call obvious pass interference on Thielen in the re- in the end zone. Then the Pats get a call a few minutes later on a P.I. How about that verbal exchange between Belichick and Thielen? Bill told Adam to shut the F up. What sportsmanship? Yep, and then again, tired of this game. Yep, Mark Carlson says, why? Fourth down, and you throw it a treadmill. And that's how it always is. Tony Coleman says, I know you like the Pats, Joey, but I can't stand them. <sighs> yep. Oh, here we go. Cedric Paulding was saying, how can the Patriots challenge forward progress? And at the end of the day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Frustrating overall game. Let's get to the post-game thread, where what I need to go to at this point. And then um, there were a couple other posts as well that I better get to here before I skip them out. I know uh, Ali Siddiqui had something as well. So I don't want to be rude and push that to the side when I don't need to do that. Mark Carlson even as well. Brent Jacobson says, ex-Viking Cordero Patterson shows he should have been on the hands team. Oh, God, yeah, because he accidentally grabbed uh, Henry Anderson something accidentally last week. So uh, against the Jets. That was kind of a funny video. I think there was a comment in there somewhere. Yep, I was saying yowzers. Mark Carlson says, Thursday night football. And I have the network, and of course, Mark Carlson from Iowa, Ben Jacobson from the Lakeville area. Um, Mark Carlson says, Thursday night football, and I have the network on while making dinner. Saints and Cowboys and the show hosts are all over the how the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. As if that's anything, right? <laughs> so true, I guess. But as the hosts bicker and brag about the game tonight, 
I sure don't see things going going the Cowboy way against the 10-1 Saints team. Anyways, Gold Pelagino, Joey, and Cribble Mafia fans, I'm looking forward to Sunday's big game, Mark from Iowa. It's interesting how things change there in a big way. Um, I was thinking it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Vikings can pull off a pretty significant upset. And Mark Carlson stunned. He was saying, wow, the Saints only scored 10 points. Is that Dallas D for real? Well, it was for that, it was for that game, um, I guess. I'm quite surprised with how things turned out there. Ollie Sidikai with a very nice post. The Vikings, the VikingAge.com. Vikings flashback. Minnesota's last win in New England, and that was, again, 2000. Dante Culpepper leading the way against a pretty mediocre Patriots team. That was fun, and I appreciated him saying that. I was saying, oh, it's been a really, really, really long time. Ali Sidikai was says he was a freshman in high school, and I had just I had just gotten out of yeah. I mean, I was 21, and I was working at U.S. Bank, a very small type of job, just proofreading papers basically. And I missed that job because it was so easy. But of course, it was such an easy job that the job went away. So that's how things go. I got laid off. <laughs> so that's what happens when it's an easy job. They're just giving money away basically. <laughs> That's life, though. I was, yep, now we'll get to the post-game thread. The post-game, Vikings versus Patriots. Seven comments, but some of them are very big. <laughs> Eric Mustard says, well, at least no one else won the NFC, in the NFC North. And yeah, the whole NFC North lost. Can you imagine? Brett McCarthy says, I just don't understand this offense and the play calling. Is it the OC or the players? They act like they don't want to win. If they don't make the playoffs, at least we'll have a good draft pick this year. And I agree with that part. I mean, please, this time, please. Please, can, can we say it one more time? Did someone say guard? Please, take take a guard. Todd Vandermey says that was a shit show. Gerald, help Todd Vandermey's out of Indiana. Gerald String says, not much to say, Joey. Yeah, but he does say a lot. That's the funny part. <laughs> he does say, look, look at the size of that comment. <laughs> not much to say, Joey. Now, again, the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show and i do want to give a shout out to mn vikings haven i rudely forgot that last week so i'm not even saying where my page is much less his uh mn vikings haven trevor wickerin is the founder of that facebook page in-game threads vikings news this and that similar to this one but no you know no podcast and a fun very fun interactive page lots of uh, people on there do interact there, and I encourage you to join it. And uh, Trevor Wicker and kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on that page. So thanks again for that. I have, I'm much obliged to give you a shout-out. Gerald Swing out of Nebraska, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Of course, Mark Carlson is as well. He says, not much to say, Joey. We just can't handle the big spots. Mm-hmm. Just aren't a very good team right now. Just look. We are 31st in the league on cap space. So... We couldn't even afford Billy Weavers right now. I love how he did that. <laughs> we uh, need to learn. I was like, how, how it was Willie Beavers and his Billy Weavers, right? Billy Weavers. <laughs> we I love that. <laughs> need to learn how to build through the draft like the Patriots slash Steelers do. We are number one in the league on salaries paid. 172076338 I don't think it's too complicated here. Your depth goes to crap when you pay too few players too much money. I love Xavier as much as anyone can't stay on the field. Cousins is the second or Cousins is the highest paid second tier. Yes, and he is second tier quarterback in the league. Sorry, but that's what I think. Too much of his stats are gar are, are just garbage time. He's just okay. And a lot of it too I wouldn't say garbage time, but how do you say it? I mean, some of it is, yes. A big chunk of it is garbage time. Or, yeah, like when we're way ahead and he's just kind of padding stats, so to speak, like another big play 
or late in the game when he's trying to get numbers like in this one when the Vikings were losing, but this and that. But at least he got the Vikings back in the game. Um, in a lot of ways, he is just okay, though. As long as well, as long as the offensive line sucks, we're not going to see how good Kirk Cousins really can be. Um, he is second tier. I'll say he's he's above average, but is he great? No, he, he's above average. So I'm going to go on that limb a little bit there. Um, I, I know the O line is horrible, but Cousins is not very good moving, and that's the annoying part. Yeah, he's terrible at it. He, he doesn't move at all, and when he does, he doesn't do anything. Uh, Cousins is not very good and moving, creating a pocket. If the pressure is on, we're just screwed. Exactly. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, if the pressure is on, we're completely screwed. Other quarterbacks find a way on occasion to do something, even with the pressure. Uh, We spent all this money and thinking we have about a 15% chance of making the playoffs. Playoffs? We we might not win another game. Yep. (laughs) Just like uh, Jim Mora. Yep. Dave Hickey out of Iowa, and his his plaque is already pretty much made too. Yep, <laughs> if you know what I mean. His his Hall of Fame plaque. He says, "I hate to be such a downer, but it's the Patriots late in the year. Who really thought we were going to go to the New England and win? Not me. Me neither, Dave. Me neither. Honest. Um, I would have, and it's not because I'm just this big Patriots fan. No, I'm a Vikings fan first. I'm a Vikings fan first, and I didn't think we're going to win the game. I'm just being honest." We don't. We, we we never beat them. I mean, like it or not, I could hate the Patriots and I'd say we never beat them. So, not me. I would have loved a victory. The Pats seemed to get all the calls, and once again, it played out that way. Interceptions, stupid play calling equals a loss, and there was stupid play calling. One more from Dave Hickey. He says, it's been a tough season. Close losses to the Rams, New Orleans, and the Bears, and most of these were self-inflicted losses. We lose the O-line coach right before the season, plus key injuries on that below-average line. A new quarterback and an OC2. I think it's going to take a couple years for all these pieces to get uh, to gel, pardon me. I hope they get their shit together before they blow up the team's goal. Yankee, again out of Brooklyn Center, says, Not sure why they didn't run no huddle at the end of the first half. It almost... Seemed like they got scared. Yep, and then they forgot how to score. I hear you there. Um, I don't know. The creativity went away. The aggressiveness went away. And uh, that's just all there is to say about that. And it's it's sad. It's sad that that's how things went. But that's exactly how things did go. It, it really is. So that's kind of it. I know I'm forgetting something. Yep, there's a couple of comments on the episode. Here we go. Gerald String. Great podcast, Joey. So this is my apology here. My apology here. And Gerald String, for sure, is a star candidate. Dave Hickey, Dave Martin. I think those are your three stars for this episode. Um, Gerald String says, Great podcast, Joey. Really enjoyed the last part. Don't know when the Vikings will ever win a Super Bowl, but I agree with you. It will be when we least expect it. Yeah, see? It will be when we least expect it. Like a 10-6, and 9-7, and seven, and then it's just, gall dang it, this is our year. We're going to do it. And that's exactly how I feel, too. Sometimes I end shows that way because I get these feelings, and that's what I'm feeling now, too. Um, didn't give the Eagles much of a chance when Wentz went down last year. It'll be great whenever it happens. I think I think over history, I believe they are the best team that has not reached that milestone yet. It could actually happen this year. Would be a long shot, but you never know. Thanks for the time and the work you do, especially for all the stats and history you research or just plain remember. Great talent, Skull. Thank you so much, Gerald. Uh, God bless you for that. And I love going into history, and now I've been doing that more often with the... Uh, it's... Uh, I had it up. It was the yeah that NFL database, or football database. That's what it is. And that's where you can dig up the uh, the history of the two teams and all that. 
and of course my memory too can be very good when you look at Dennis Green and, and you know and all that um, up, up to today it's it's a lot of fun so then Gerald String adds another one he says writing this post-Patriots game won't happen until Brady retires lol yeah I don't think so yep because again yeah we never beat the Patriots and they're probably going to win the AFC again and I think so. Um, I don't, the Chiefs never win playoff games. Again, we, we go back. So you, you want to talk about history with the Chiefs? 1993, an, an older Joe Montana took the pay, uh, the Chiefs to the AFC title game only to lose to Buffalo, which was a bummer. And, well, they've, they haven't won a playoff game since. Despite multiple 13-3 and three teams, they haven't won a playoff game since. And, I don't know, the Elvis Gerbach team. And what was the other guy that, uh, God, what was his name? Bono? That, yeah, the backup quarterback. He was like uh, Joe Montana's... Uh, he was a third-string quarterback when it was Montana Young and Bono. And then... It was it Steve Bono, I believe. Yeah, Steve Bono. And then Steve Bono remained uh, Montana's backup, and then he went to the Chiefs. The only... And then Gerbach went to the Chiefs. Gerbach was Young's backup after Bono left later. So uh, all the former... <laughs> there were three 49er quarterbacks that went to the Chiefs. And then ultimately Trent Green. And all those good years of Trent Green. That guy was really something. In the Dick Vermeil days of Kansas City. And they still didn't win a playoff game. Even though they had a St. Louis Rams type of offense for a couple of years there at least. Great running game. Incredible offensive line. And they didn't win a single playoff game. Marty Schottenheimer for the most part. You know, he was a playoff failure as well. Though he did again lead that Montana team to the AFC title game. And again, they both lost to Buffalo. So Chiefs have underachieved in the playoffs and the events and the and all that stuff that happened and all that and everyone, the Pitchfork Nation, doing what they do and all that. It's just, it's tiring and it. I, I feel for Chiefs fans. That's all I got to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I understand this. I understand that, but it's still tiring. So let's uh, pretty much end it with that. The stars for this episode... Sheesh. Uh, gold star is going to go to Mad Martin and Gerald String. I'm going to have you guys both have a gold star. I mean, I, you're just both so amazing uh, with what you had to say. Uh, good takes. Very detailed, strong takes on the on the game. And thank you so much for the nice things you had to say also, Gerald. But again, great takes from Gerald. Great takes from uh, Mad Martin. Incredible football conversation. Silver star is going to go to Dave Hickey. Bronze star is going to go to Josh Mayer Henry, Mark Carlson, and Brett McCarthy. All three of you guys are going to share the Bronze Star. Yeah, that's kind of, it's busy. But I mean, there's just so much interaction. And I thank you guys so much for all the things you had to say. The interaction, the friendly conversation, and again, just uh, the the passion during the game, which uh, Mayor Henry and uh, Brett McCarthy bring. They bring a lot of wonderful in-game conversation, and it, and it really helps. So, And it needs to be recognized. It absolutely does. So thanks again so much. I, and I'm in the a giving mood. I often am, but I'm in more than ever today. Thanks again, guys, for such an awesome show. Thank you again for always being a part of this and the, and the kind words. Uh, those of you out there that are new, hope to meet you someday soon on Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, audio submission, all that. So there's the phone lines, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Purple Mafia. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Very simple stuff. There's the call now button on the Facebook page, which goes to the same phone line through Facebook Messenger, so it's free regardless where you're from across the world. Uh, 
again, that, that one's a three-minute limit. It cuts you off after three minutes because it is an actual voicemail, but then it, of course, comes here on the Fan Interaction segment. And then the audio submission route, which I highly, highly recommend. I highly recommend that. Uh, that's what Dave Martin uses out of Northern Scotland. Just use whatever smart device you have, or even Audacity. Maybe you have Audacity on your laptop, desktop, whatever it is, with a, with a real microphone. I think that's what Mad Martin does, because uh, that audio quality is freaking awesome. So it's got to be something like that. I mean, he sounds like a like a real podcaster, at the very least, uh, does Mad Martin. Um, so, I mean, that's basically what you do. You save it. Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Again, if you have your free voice recording application on your smart device or Audacity, whatever it is, save it. Email it to that email address, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then take it out and convert it into an MP3 file, thanks to zumzar.com. Love that website and I appreciate it very much. More than happy to give them a free plug because of what that website provides for this show. Gives me those MP3 files so I can put you on there. So again, thank you again very much. Uh, those of you out there that are <laughs> that are able to, that haven't already, please write a positive rating on iTunes about Purple Mafia if you could. It could still use some help. There were some trolls years ago that really hurt the ratings. Like uh, competitors or just people, the people that just didn't like me personally from other podcasts. They just wanted to attack me. And it's stupid. And it, it brought the rating down significantly. So just childish behavior. I mean, I'd never do that to them, but they did it to me. So, And once it's there, it's there. There's not much you can do. No matter if you send a message to iTunes, nothing gets done about it. Probably because they get 100,000 of those a day anyway. And they're like, yeah, well, we don't have time for that. So that just kind of is what it is there. Plus, it's all people's opinions, I guess, even if it's a bullcrap opinion just to troll your show and the ratings. That's how it goes. So please do uh, help out with that if you could. It'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you again. I'll give you a huge shout-out uh, on, on air, and thank you very much. You will, And you will get a star for that episode, without a doubt. So thanks again. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. It's going to get colder this week, at least in the upper Midwest here. Uh, Mark Carlson in Iowa and all of us here in the Twin Cities, Sebastian and, and Brant and Ollie, who's also in the uh, local Twin Cities here. It's going to get significantly colder, at least for a few days. Probably going to be dry, but still freaking overcast, which is annoying. I'm tired of looking at clouds. I want to see a little blue sky, damn it. It's exhausting. If it's going to be cloudy, snow then. Then snow. But don't be the wet snow. Be the, be the nice, dry, fluffy powdery snow, which is so much better. Nice to have the Christmas tree up. I'm glad it at least looks Christmassy out there. God bless all of you, you know, and uh, thanks again. Take care and we will talk to you in a week, hopefully a better feeling. Oh, and it'll probably, yeah, 99% chances it's going to be recorded on Tuesday morning. Obviously, it's a Monday night game, so duh. talk to you Tuesday morning. Take care, everyone.